Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. Becky Vess with us here today. And she is a wonderful woman of God who has been ministering with her husband as co-pastor for many years. And she is at DC Church, which is our sister church, we're happy to say. Um, And we're so excited that we were able to work in unity with them to get this all together. It's been such a blessing. And we look forward to so many more of these things happening. (laughs) Um, but we're just really blessed to have her here, and she has a lot of wonderful things to say, and sometimes I get the impression she has more to say than she believes she does, so we're looking forward to some of this stuff coming out today. Would you please welcome Becky Vess? Thank you. Now, get myself all situated here. Is that the right way? <laughs> Put my glasses on. Is that clock going the right way? Okay. Okay. Well, praise God. How wonderful. How wonderful. Mm, that the Lord would. Sing over us. Praise God. Oh, my. Ooh, that's wonderful. Well, um, I'll see all this. <laughs> my, my husband said, how long are you going to speak? <laughs> but I'm one of those Marthas that like a lot of details, and so that's why that looks like that. So... Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Oh, thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just speak through me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, as Christians, you know, and we've been talking about it, we all want to hear God's voice. We all want to hear him speak to us. We want to know his direction. We want to know what God wants us to do. And he's given us a special gift, the Holy Spirit. And through that, we can communicate with the Lord because the Holy Spirit comes to us. He wants to have communion with us. And if we will make the time for him, he will always be there. So we're never alone. Some of you may think that you're alone, and Satan would have you believe that, that you're alone in this walk, but you're not. Because if you don't have another physical human being with you, you've got the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen. Amen. In John 16, 17, God said that he sent his spirit to be in close fellowship with you. You know, God makes many attempts to communicate with us. Someone said that God is always broadcasting. But the problem is, is we're not always tuned in to the right channel. So we're not hearing him. And I want to talk to you about hindrances in hearing God's voice. And the first one I want to start with is is being too busy. You know, um, I think if we see the why we're not hearing, 
it's because we're too busy. We have so many things going on. You think about it. We have family. We have hobbies. We have sports. We have children. We have our work. We have our garden. We have all kinds of hobbies that we like to do. We even have Facebook and we even have texting that keep us busy. And you think about it. How many times have you thought, well, I'll just check in and see what who's, you know, on Facebook and I'll just check and see what's trending. And before you know it, you've spent 30 minutes to an hour. And some of us may have spent four or five hours, even more. And I have to say I'm guilty, unfortunately, because I have done that and go, oh, my word, where is my day gone? And so we have to make time for the Lord that's the thing. We have to arrange our schedule. We have so much information coming into us. We have information overload, but it's not godly information. Not necessarily. Even if we're looking or reading something on our computer or whatever, it's not always godly information. And that's what we need to be strong. And many times we pick too many responsibilities. How many times have you looked around and said, did I do this? Well, how did I get myself into this again? Is it really what God wants you to do? Or is it that you were obligated to do it? That's where we need to meet with the Lord and ask him, what do you want me to do? Or maybe I should put this down and do this. Maybe I should be in that ministry. Maybe I don't need to do that in in the community this year. Maybe I need to do something different. Or maybe I need to pull back here. And reach out in the community. We need to hear what God wants us to do. I'm going to go back to Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 38 through 42. I love this because Martha is the one that put herself in this situation. She's the one that invited the Lord to come to her house. And she's the one that orchestrated this whole thing. And then what does she do? She's all upset at her sister because she's decided she's going to sit down at the feet of Jesus and take time with him and glean the time. But Martha says, Lord, don't you care that my sister's not helping me do this work? And look at her. You may tell her to help me. I mean, you know, she's she's demanding this of God. And I tell you, I can relate to that. I've been there. I'm definitely a Martha <laughs> because I, I am always, I'll take care of the details before, during, and after an event. And uh, some of the ladies at the church will probably know that I can drive you crazy with trying to get all these little things covered and taken care of. And uh, those are good. But the thing is, is if I don't pull away and ask the Lord, then sometimes it's just not necessary stuff. You know, and we can just have our hands in all kinds of things, and it's not necessary. So I really understand how Martha felt because she opened her home to Jesus. She wanted to give him a nice meal. She wanted him to have a time to rest, and she wanted him to enjoy the company, and she wanted everybody there to help get it done. So, so Martha's working herself up into a panic, and... She's all upset. How many times have I prepared a meal for friends or for family, and I do it all myself? I cook the meal. I serve the meal. I clear the dishes. 
I serve the dessert and coffee, and before I know it, it's time for everybody to go home. I have missed the conversation, I've missed the fellowship, and I've probably made my family very uncomfortable <laughs> uh, because I haven't included them in the process. And I, and I never really sat down and thought about, I should invite them to come help me do this, and we can have fellowship together. And I can learn about them, and, the, and they can learn about me. And see, we get so busy, so concerned with so many details, and it's all about relationship. I know you've heard that a million times, but it really is. It's all about relationship, and especially with our Lord. I wonder if our Father feels like that. You know, we come before Him with praise and worship. We do our prayer time. We do our Bible reading. And then when He's about ready to sit down and talk with us, oh, I gotta go to work. I gotta get busy. I gotta get out of here. And off you go. We don't take time to listen to the Lord. We don't take time to sit in His presence. Now, Martha thought she was doing the right thing. And a lot of us do. But Mary, She slowed down, didn't she? She slowed down and sat at the feet of Jesus. She gleaned the time that she had with him. So, in Ephesians 5, 15, and 17, and 16, I'm going to read to you, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. This is a great scripture. I might as well read the whole thing. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but... Uh, like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, little tidbit there, because that will ruin your life, okay? Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourself, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Now, Martha, she's very upset, still upset. Lord, make her help me. And so Jesus answers her. He says, Martha, Martha, you're so worried and upset with many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, that hit me. It will not be taken away from her. Now, if we have a relationship with our father we have one here, we're going to have one throughout eternity. And we want him to know us, don't we? We don't want him to say, depart from me. I never knew you. We want that relationship. I mean, it it would, how would it be when we go to heaven and go, oh, hi, there's Jesus. Oh, it's so good to meet you. Well, we should already know him, right? (laughs) Right? Okay. So, We need to rearrange our lives and make time. You know, some of the most powerful people in ministry will spend four, five, even more hours every day in prayer and seeking the Lord. And I know you're looking at me kind of funny. Four or five hours, I want four or five minutes free, much less four or five hours. But we can do it. We can make up our minds to do that. If we have to, we can keep a daily schedule. See what you do every day. And glean, trim that down a little bit if you don't have time with the Lord so that you can set aside that time. Because we can cut some minutes off here and minutes off there. My husband's always saying it takes 21 days to form a habit. Make your habits and your habits will make you. And he's always encouraging us at the church to read our Bible. Because he says, I hear the Lord audibly every day. 
because he reads the Bible out out loud every day. So there you go. And the Lord speaks to us through his word. So he, he, he encourages us to read six chapters a day. Uh, two in the Old Testament, two in the New, a uh, Psalm and a Proverb. And you can get through the whole Bible in a year. So if you can't do that, you could do three in the morning, three in the evening. Or you could do two at breakfast, two at lunch, two at dinner. So the thing is, is to get yourself in the habit of pulling away and reading the Word. And then, before... You start, you ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and understanding so that you know what he's saying to you and how to apply that to your life. Well, I'm not a morning person, but I do know that if I want to, I can get up with the chickens like everybody else. Because if I make myself go to bed early enough, I can get up. Because I'm one of those seven and eight hour sleeper people, and uh, my husband's like four to six hours sleep. So he can stay up all night and get up early anyway. Well, I can't do that. I have to schedule myself to go to bed. But And you may be the same way. But Psalm 5, 1 through 3, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God in the morning. O Lord, you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Well, you know, that's that's wonderful. But not all of us are morning people, are we? So whatever you've got to do, make that time. Maybe you don't sleep well at night. Maybe you're up most of the night. Use that time to read the Word and to seek the Lord during that time. Because as we get the Word in us, we'll know what His voice says. We'll know what He sounds like. We'll begin to speak like Him. We'll begin to act like Him. We will. That's our goal, is to be Christ-like. To be like him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So begin praying over your obligations, even those that you think are mandatory, because they may not be. It may not be what you think. The Lord may just rearrange what you've got planned. So Jesus was saying that the most important thing in life to be concerned about is that time with him. And we've heard all this weekend, he wants that fellowship with us. He wants that relationship with us. And my word, think about it. The, the God of the universe wants us. I mean, when you look at the vast universe and you think, and I'm just this little bitty speck, you know, I mean, and he wants to commune with me. I mean, that's amazing when we think about that. And all the things that he will do for us when we do seek him. Um, And I know we have a lot of concerns and worries and questions, but God's interested in all of those too. In Isaiah 26, 3, he says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. When my boys were younger, I used to worry all the time about 
what would happen if, if there was a natural disaster, if something happened like a, a, a tornado or an earthquake or something like that would happen? Because we lived out in Mount Ola, which was way out in the sticks, and our kids went to Mount Ola School. Well, I worked in Salisbury, which was 20 to 25 to 30 minutes away. Don worked an hour and a half away. And so I was always concerned about getting to them if anything happened. Well, the Lord gave me a dream. And I, um, in this dream, there's an earthquake. And I wake up and I go grab one of my boys and, and I just literally strap him around my waist, with, wrap his legs around me, and I'm holding on to him. And I go, we had a two-story house then, and I look out the window and I, everything's shaking. And so I'm thinking, if I can make it to the road, I can see if the ground's going to open up anywhere, or at least we won't have things falling on us. And so I thought, I think I could run that. It was about 150 feet and so it's a pretty long driveway. Well, so the next thing I know, I'm, I'm out the door and I've got my child around me. I don't know what Don was doing with the other child, but he wasn't in the dream. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I'm running up through there and the ground literally opens up. And I fall, we both fall down in the hole and we land on a ledge. And I, my heart is pounding. I mean, it's like if you've ever held a baby rabbit and they're just so afraid, their little heart feels like it's going to pop out. That's how my heart felt in this dream. I was literally terrified. And so the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, I didn't know at the time where that scripture was, but you better believe when I woke up, I looked it up. And, and that was exactly what the Lord said to me. Well, I didn't have to worry anymore. So see, God is concerned about your concerns. He cares about everything in your life. And let me read this out of the Amplified uh, Isaiah 26, 3. It's really good. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So trust the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. That's a powerful scripture. When you have fears in your life, you can truly trust in God. Okay, the second thing is, uh, as far as a hindrance, is we may think that prayer is a one-sided conversation. And Kay hit on this, too, when, when she was ministering to us Friday night. We come before the Lord. We lay out all of our requests. And it's just like going through a fast food restaurant. We send our order in. We want to get it, and then we're out the door. You know, so, but I want to give you a tip. Whenever you come before the Lord, read the word, pray, and then close your eyes and just wait. Just wait on the Lord to speak to you because he will. He will speak to you. He knows everything about you. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. That's our problem is to make ourselves be still. It's so hard to do. We get so involved. The third thing I want to bring up is doubting what you hear is really the Lord. How many times have you been looking for something that you've lost and you have this thought, I need to go look 
in this place, or I need to go look over there. And then you finally go and do it, and you find it. And you're like, I knew I was supposed to look there. Well, the first thing I have learned to do now, because I've done that so many times, lose my car keys or something, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, direct me to where I lost whatever it was. Just show me where it is. And he always comes through. And you know, the thing is, is that when we ask him, and then he tells us, and we don't necessarily go look there because we think, well, I don't remember putting it there. And so we doubt that the Lord spoke to us. But when we go look, we realize that's exactly where it was. See, the Holy Spirit knows where it is all the time. So we have to get our ears tuned in to the right channel so that we know we're hearing from God. The other day, uh, Don had asked me he's, he, if I had a check that he had written it. He, he couldn't find it. And I said, well, no, I, I don't have it. And he, I said, did you ask the Holy Spirit? He said, no. And I said, well, let's, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit. So that's what I did. The Holy Spirit, would you please show Don where he put that check? Amen. Thank you. And so he waited, and and the, and he went right to it. He just went to his uh, coat pocket, and there it was. Well, see, he didn't remember he put it there, but the Holy Spirit knew he put it there. So that's why we, we can commune with him at any time. But I know we have a lot more serious decisions in our life to make than just things that we've lost. We want to know direction. We want to know what you want us to do next, Lord. But he will speak to you. He will order your steps if you will seek him. And none of us ever want to make a mistake. A lot of times we doubt what we're hearing because we're fearful. But it takes faith to follow that gentle tugging of the Holy Spirit. It takes faith. Faith Faith is like stepping, and there's nothing there, but when you put your weight on it, it's there. So that's faith. So that's why this gentle tugging, we have to learn to step out. We have to learn to trust God. And he'll come through. He will come through. And the great thing about it is if you didn't really hear the Lord, he'll fix it. (laughs) He's big enough to fix all of our mistakes. So he wants us to step out. He wants us to trust him. And he'll give us baby steps to do that. Uh, The other day I was coming up I-85, and and those of you that drive I-85, it's it's crazy. It's like a a speedway out there. And and I was praying in the spirit the whole way because I thought, I don't want anyone to stop suddenly, and I don't want to be in a wreck. And So I prayed in the Holy Spirit all the way down. And as I was going, I had this thought, you need to go by your parents' grave and check the flowers you put on there for Easter. And I thought, well, okay, it's way out of the way, but, you know, I'm praying in the Spirit and, you know, kind of putting that out of my mind. And then as I got closer to the exit off of 85, it was like, you need to go check your parents' grave today. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I will go. Well, sure enough, I went, and, and the flowers were gone. The vase was there, but there were no flowers. So I don't know what happened to them. Either the wind blew them away. I looked everywhere. There was nowhere to be found but or what happened to them, but they were gone. Well, the Holy Spirit knew that was important to me. He knew that my family, that's important to them, that we have flowers on their grave to honor them. So it's just little things like that that, see, I could have ignored that. I could have thought, oh, yeah, that's just me. But it was the Holy Spirit showing me. 
And a lot of times we can be in situations to where we can hear our inner voice saying, you need to get out of the way. You need to move. And then when you do, you realize something just happened. You could have been hurt. Uh, There's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit is trying to show us if we will just tune in, just be aware. This is a really good scripture. I love this. It's Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 in the Amplified. And it says, He, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, or nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. We can take comfort and courage and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. Isn't that great? I mean, God is, he's got our back. If we mess up, he's got us covered. Because like I said, nothing's too big for that. He can't fix it. So that's the really good thing about being his child. Another thing is having religious ideas. Um, religious ideas is trying to do works to meet or to have a relationship with the Lord without accepting him as your Lord and Savior. We see this all over the place. We see it in the community. We see it in churches where people sit on the pews Sunday after Sunday and they, they don't have a relationship with God. They've never asked Christ to come into their heart and save them. They've never asked. They never know. They've never thought about asking. I was that person. I went to church every Sunday because if I didn't go, I couldn't go anywhere that afternoon. So, but I did works in the church. I, I, uh, I worked there. I, I did uh, Sunday school and all these things that, that got involved in things in the community. So I was a good person. And I was taught that if I'm a good person to my neighbor, then I'm in. And I was okay with that until I found out that I really wasn't in. I was out. And so, <laughs> so, and it's really sad because I think a lot of people that have sat in church Sunday after Sunday, when the Lord comes, they're not going to make it. They're not going to have that relationship with the Lord. And in Matthew seven twenty and 23, uh, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, we have done many mighty works in your name. And he will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commandments, my commands. And it's so sad. We have definitely got to make sure that we know the Lord. If you've never been saved, you need to get up here right as soon as I finish and, <laughs> and ask the Lord in your heart and then receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power to live this life. Because if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have Christ's Spirit in you, but you don't have that power to withstand all the evil that's out there and all the temptations and everything else that comes our way. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, use that language because it builds you up. It builds you up. So the fifth thing would be grieving or bringing sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. 
Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loves us so and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. This is the least we could do, is live our life as a sacrifice for him. Throw away those things. Someone makes you mad? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Love them anyway. (laughs) Just remember, you don't always have to have your way. (laughs) And that's a hard lesson to learn. But we got to put away all these bad behaviors, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. Oh, my. We can, we can really get in a lot of trouble, and especially if we don't forgive. Do you realize that, it, that if you don't forgive someone, it's like taking poison and expecting them to die? You're only going to hurt yourself. You don't hurt them at all. It's just you that you're killing so I can tell you that I've had that experience. We were hurt very deeply one year, and it was unbearably. It was just unbearable. It was so hard. But we both decided we will forgive, and we'll go forward. And we did. And the Lord tells us to bless those that persecute you. And that's in Romans twelve fourteen. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray for them. That God will bless them. Do you realize that when you start praying for them, you see them in a different light? When you start praying, God bless them, and and I always add, and don't let them hurt anybody else. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but they, but you start seeing them where they stand in light of eternity, and you start praying and interceding for their soul. Because if, if they would hurt you, they'll hurt someone else. And obviously they've been wounded somewhere along the line or else they're, they're not following the Lord as closely as they should be for them to act the way they are. So it just totally changes your whole mind. I know that when I was working through this and to where I wasn't going to allow a root of bitterness to get in my heart. I just was not going to allow that. And I would have my list of all these people that I was forgiving. <laughs> and, and sometimes I'd no sooner get that list out of my mouth than, than it would come right back in my head again. So Satan was, you know, still trying to bombard me with that. And, but I finally got the victory. And sometimes it seemed like I had to say that list a hundred times a day. I mean, that's how bad it was <laughs> for, for you to realize I, I can't hate these people. I have to love them. They are God's children just, just like I am. And you know the really odd thing about it is that us going through that, God used that. God used that to show us how to rely on him. So it's not always evil coming your way. Sometimes it's God allowing situations to happen so that you seek him more. Oh. He wants that relationship. He really wants it. 
And you can do it. You know why? Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And in the Amplified, I like this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So isn't that cool? I mean, I can do this because Christ is in me. He gives me that strength to do it. As long as I don't want to be bitter and angry and, and resentful and vengeful, that's not God. When you have those thoughts, you need to cast them down in the name of Jesus and work on getting it out of you fast because you don't want that root of bitterness to rise up in you. It'll dry your bones. It'll make you sick. It'll cause disease to attack your body. You don't want that. Cast that stuff away and keep going forward. Keep moving. Don't let that drag you down. And for us to have the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if we can walk with that in our life, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, when you're not walking with that in your life, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. For the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forth walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Let us not become vainglorious, self-conceited, competitive, and challenging and provoking and irritating one another, envying and being jealous of one another. We don't need that. We don't need that. There's no place for that in the body of Christ. We should be preferring one another before ourselves, looking unto others' needs instead of our needs. I don't always have to have my way, and I don't always get my way. I don't like it, but I don't always get my way. (laughs) It's not fun, but it's doable. (laughs) But when we act like we're so bitter and angry, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Have you ever hurt someone And they just kind of shut down. They don't talk to you. I think that's what happens when we grieve the Holy Spirit. He pulls back because we've wounded him. And we wound him when we wound the body of Christ. You see, when we hurt each other, we wound the Holy Spirit. And then we've got to examine ourselves and come back and repent for what we've done. If we want to hear the voice of the Lord... Well, I can remember a a mother, and she had two children, and her words were always so harsh and so, so hard when she disciplined her children. And that's a hard row to, to hoe, as they say. It's really hard when you have someone that that just speaks harshly to you, or if you're doing that, for quit it. It's not of God. Just stop doing it. 
is just wrong. <laughs> and you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. You're not going to hear the voice of God. We need to respect one another. We need to love one another and show the love of Christ to each other. I mean, how many times, and of course I'm guilty of this because I have had witnesses to see me hit my husband. So <laughs> I, I know they were going to probably going to say, aren't you going to say something about? <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was just a tap. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. It really wasn't. You could hear it. I mean, it was bad. (laughs) But I didn't realize I hit him as hard as I did. But anyway, he forgave me and he didn't hit me back, thank God. (laughs) But he really irritated me so bad. (laughs) And he wouldn't stop. And I don't know, my hand just went, wham. (laughs) No control of it whatsoever, just wham. And I mean, people turned around and looked. It was so bad. (laughs) So, but thank God he forgave me. And I I really do try to not do that. I sit on my hands now. (laughs) Oh, me. But anyway, (laughs) so I have been there. I'm not just preaching at you. But anyway, but that, those were the five things that I felt like were strong in our lives. Being too busy. Thinking prayer is a one-sided conversation, doubting whether it's God instead of just your voice, having religious ideas, and grieving the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, I want to just kind of open up the altars right now. We have received so such a wonderful blessing that the Lord has come down and fellowshiped with us, and it's been so good. First of all, I want to uh, invite the prayer team to come up. I also want to ask anyone here, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you need to get up here now. You don't need to wait any more, waste any more time. You need to be saved today, today. Like the Holy Spirit told me, you need to go check on that today. You need to make this right. So if anyone is in here and you have not accepted Christ, I would like for you to come forward now. And then if anyone is in here and you haven't received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I'd like for you to come forward now. This is going to empower you to walk what this word tells us to do. It's going to give you that strength that you need. And you're going to be able to speak to God in a language that he can hear your heart Sometimes we don't even know why we feel the way we do or why we're, we're going through what we're going through. But the Holy Spirit knows everything. And then those of you that want to step out in faith, you want to hear God's voice. You want to be obedient to what he wants you to do. You want to be able to act quickly so that you'll hear the Holy Spirit even sooner that you'll learn his voice because the, God will take us in baby steps. And, and he will. I can give you an example of that. When um, our church is only five, uh, six, it'll be six years old this year. And whenever it started, uh, we were just a hand group of people. And God just kind of planted us there. Here we are. One day we're here and the next day we're right here, you know. And it was so quick. But the Lord took us in baby steps. We moved. Uh, we had three different places that we met in. Uh, then the Lord gave us a piece of property. 
Well, my husband saw this through the eyes of faith. Everybody else saw it through. Oh, Lord, this is going to be a lot of work. (laughs) Because they gave us this piece of property, and it was this dilapidated old church. But he could see this grand church there. And thank God no one murmured or complained. I mean, we just kept our mouths shut and kept believing with them, you know. (laughs) If anyone wasn't in agreement, they certainly didn't vocalize it. But so then God... There was property behind it, and and we wanted that. Well, the man that had it wouldn't sell it. People had been trying to buy that from him for years. I mean years. People in the community said, how did you ever get him to sell you that property? Well, Don approached him. I mean, he hounded him. He found him. And then uh, he had an appointment with him, and uh, he was set to, to meet him. He, he didn't show up. A couple of days later, he's like, I can't understand this. This guy, you know, he's he would show up for that. Well, then in the paper, he died. <laughs> I mean, it was an elderly man, so don't don't think it's bad. It was okay. But um, but the thing is, <laughs> I mean, God didn't curse him and kill him, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but he just died of natural causes. Anyway, so then here we are, you know, Lord will. Well, what happens now? Now we've got to start all over again. And so uh, so he did. We waited several months. And then he started contacting uh, to find out who was the heirs of that property. Well, it turned out that he left it to grandsons. And so Don contacted them and he had told them that he had been uh, dealing with their grandfather. And would they be considering uh, selling this? Well, they didn't want the property. They weren't interested in it. Hadn't even seen it. It was not interested in it. They had gone online and saw that it, that the area was kind of depressed and wasn't doing so great. So they didn't really care about it. So Don was able to negotiate a price with them, uh, which his grandfather was going to sell it to us for, I think it was over 100000 And the grandsons decided they would sell it to us for $50,000. I mean, is that not God? So here we are doing baby steps. I mean, you know, we still got this old dilapidated church we got to work with. <laughs> but the contractors told us that they could fix that up for around 300000 So we thought, well, that's doable. That's doable. So then here we are. We're, we're moving, moving forward. And so anyway, God gives us that other property. And then uh, we start looking at that. And, and we need, we have no money. I mean, here we've, we've, he's committed us, put a thousand dollars down that we're going to buy this property and we don't have any money. <laughs> so we send out letters. We do a fundraiser. We raise $20,000. Well, Don, in the meantime, goes to Mexico on a trip. And here we are. When he gets back at that Friday, we need $50,000 to be able to pay for this property or else we lose our thousand and it goes up for sale and for whatever. Well, anyway, Oh, he, uh, so he comes back. The Lord puts on his heart to call a, a man in town. He calls him Monday, can't get him. Calls him Tuesday, can't get him. Finally gets him on the phone Wednesday. We're closing Friday. Okay, he's, he tells him he'd like to come by and talk to him. So he's okay, come by tomorrow morning. Goes by Thursday. Don explains our vision to him and tells him what we have interest in doing. And he says, you know what? I believe in you and I believe you're going to do great things. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? And so then he says, but um, you don't need to be worrying about this. I'm just going to write you a check for the 30000 And God gave us $30,000. <laughs> well, the, the money 
when we took the check to the bank, we didn't have to wait for it to be processed because he's that wealthy. It, and so they gave us cash right away. So we had money to pay cash that Friday. Now, I'm telling you, this is baby steps for our whole church and building our faith the whole way. <laughs> and it's exciting. And I'm, you know, <laughs> but Don's got this vision and it's going forward and, and it's, and the Lord is laying it out. And so, um, and we had received a prophecy. You know, the Lord speaks to you that way. Whenever he tells you to do something, he'll give you a word from somebody. Or he'll, you'll see it in the word. Or there may be other Christian friends that will come up and say, you know, God's been telling me something. I, I think you should think about doing this or whatever. So if you have confirmation from other people, confirmation in the word, or a word of knowledge from a prophet then you need to think very seriously that God is pushing you or telling you, I want you to do this, even when it looks impossible. And so then we had the 50000 We bought the property. Then we had, um, let's see, 50000 We bought the property. And I lost my train of thought. But anyway, we're moving forward here. <laughs> and what? Yes. And so um, I lost... Yeah, we had people coming in and evaluating the property to see what we could do there. Well, that $300,000 went to over a million to develop the whole property. And there was, you know, there was an acre and a half there that we were able to obtain. And then I'm out consignment shopping. <laughs> and as I, and everywhere I'd go, I'd ask them, you know, are there any buildings for rent? You know, I'd ask different shopkeepers and, and this guy told me, he says, yeah, this, Kids sports coming available. It's not on the market yet, but here's the number to the lady that has it, and, and you can call her and talk to her husband. So I went home, gave that to Don. I went, I drove down there first, and I'm like, oh Lord, yes, this is wonderful, you know. <laughs> so I drove down there and um, looked at the property. Then I told Don, I think you ought to call this guy and see, maybe he will rent it to us. So he called him made arrangements, make a long story short, we ended up renting this wonderful facility. You should see it. The It's three acres of land. The Lord gave us twice the acreage, and he gave us more than twice of the size. We could only build 7,000 square feet on that property, and this building is 16,000 square feet. Can you believe that? I mean, it's just God. And so, so here we are doing our baby steps, you know, and, and we're just standing in faith, believing. And then, this is another miracle, the people went to work. We had to go in there because they hadn't been in there for a year. And, of course, when we walked in, it's got this huge kid's gym in there inside the building. And we're like a bunch of kids. They're going down the slide. They're going through every all the stuff. I mean, we're just having a ball because we're thinking, this is great, you know. It's... <laughs> So then, but we had to redo the whole building, and it only took us 10 weeks. 10 weeks, that's a miracle. When, I mean, we repainted everything in there at least four or five times, didn't we? <laughs> because everything was bright primary colors, and the floor was bright yellow everywhere, the whole floor. <laughs> and so, but the people had a mind to work, and our faith had been built up, and God encouraged us. And it's still doing it. So if you have something in your heart, I think you need to come up here and ask the Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to do? Lord, is this what you want me to do? 
So those of you, I want to open up the altars and come on and let us agree with you and let you hear the voice of God. Keep seeking Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. 